You're listening to the One Word Podcast, an outreach ministry of Christ Nations Church. Hello, everybody. This is Iron Petrie, along with my wife, Star Petrie. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another podcast, One Word Podcast here at the Outreach Ministry of Christ Nations Church, where we have the privilege and honor of serving as the lead pastors. We're so thankful to have you joining us once again on this particular podcast. Listen, we want to go ahead and say this. If at the beginning, uh, pay attention to the very end of this podcast, where we're going to give you further information of how you can connect with us and follow us on all of our social media platforms, and we can connect with you as well. And so we want to say once again, thank you for listening to the podcast and our prayers that some Thing will be said on this podcast that is eye-opening, that is insightful and inspiring from the Spirit of the Living God to equip you to live in these days that we find ourselves living in. And are not we living in some very unique times? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are in the belly of what the scripture calls the last days, perilous times. I, I really do believe that. And then that's not to sound apocalyptic or fearful or, you know, that's not fright. That's not playing some fear game. That's just the reality. We're in very unique times, and we're in times that the scriptures have uh, detailed quite um, particularly, and we're seeing these details played out in everyday life and everyday scenarios. Uh, And so we want to make sure that this podcast is a service to you as a child of God and even a call to those who are not saved uh, to to really, really come into a deeper fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ because he is our shepherd, he is our captain, the captain of our salvation, and he will lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. And so we're just so thankful to have you joining us on this podcast. Now, dear, you had uh, brought a verse of scripture to my attention that we want to uh, kind of jump off on here. This will be our jumping off point, our, our kind of our foundation text for our discussion, uh, because we've been talking about the spirit of the age. If you've been listening to any of these podcasts over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been talking about the spirit of the age, and we've been talking about specifically idolatry. But in keeping with talking about the spirit of the age, dealing with the overall mindset, the, the spirit of our times, uh, we're going to talk about some some different things here to, today. And um, you, were, you were giving me the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5. And I just thought this was really powerful. So 1 Thessalonians 5, we're going to start in the first verse, but it says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We're not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us, of the, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Mm, wow. Now, that's pretty... <laughs> That's pretty heavy. So much jumps out of uh, out of that text when I when you read it. Um, but I wanted to let you start because I don't want to come and dear all of the time here, and I, which is something I will do as a preacher. You know, preachers we say never, it ain't we, so, Reverend. <laughs> say it ain't so. <laughs> you know, we never short our words. So I don't want to come in there all the time at the beginning. But I want you to kind of just kind of tell me what do you believe the Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul? Uh, we see him writing this, but what is what is this saying to you? 
that is relevant for us in our time. I want to jump back to what you sort of opened with, right? Which um, un- having an understanding of the times, right? This idea that discernment is so important in order to walk with any uh, level of security or assurance of faith, right? Mm -hmm. That you have to, you have to be able to discern what's going on around you. And I, and I think in this, in this particular text, what jumps out to me is this idea of sobriety, Mm. right? And staying and being sober because so much can come in as a whirlwind to really take your mind into all kind of different places, right? That there's, there's so much that you can become um, enraptured in on a day-to-day living, whether it's on your job, it's the people on your job, whether it's your children and what they're going through, your marriage, so much can, can rob you of, a, of the clarity that's necessary in order to even know how to put on that breastplate of faith mm. and love yeah. and keep that helmet of, of, of hope, of salvation, um, as an assurance for, for what is to come, right? Because everything about this faith is about what is to come. It is now. I mean, it is now faith, but it's also that I have a, I have a home. An expectation. I have an expectation yes. that I'm going to be known, like really known as I know my, I'm going to be known that, mm-hmm. that I'm going to, I'm going to be able to see him face to face. Yes. And so that changes, I think the perspective, but of course I can't think soberly about that if I'm worried about my bills, I'm worried about there's not any toilet paper at, at Sam's, they're <laughs> rationing this and that. I mean, you know, yeah. it's just there's so much going on that we've had to deal with, I think, in the last two years. Oh, yeah. That has been an onslaught against, you know, your, your fear, anxiety. I mean, everything just is so heightened. Oh, it's it's very much so. But you you hit the nail on the head about one of the things that jumped off of the text at me is that the Apostle Paul puts this emphasis on sobriety. Uh, being sober spiritually. What does that mean to be sober spiritually? Because if you look, uh, you know, we, we can know what it means on the surface. We know exactly what it means. It's not anything deep to it. But if you take, for example, someone who is inebriated, someone who is drunk, well, that person who is drunk loses a sense of self. Uh, they lose a sense of boundaries. They lose a sense of uh, what is in their best interest mm-hmm. to to do. Um, they they um, they engage in activities that almost kill themselves. Uh, oftentimes, depending on as they say how a person can hold their liquor, quote, <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> I don't know if anybody necessarily holds their liquor. But if someone's drunk, when that person is drunk and they're inebriated and they're under the influence, they are not fit. Right? They're not fit for really doing anything. And so when you're talking about spiritual sobriety, what are things that can inebriate one spiritually? Mm. You see, drunkenness in the natural sense, we know that comes from chemical dependency. We're talking about alcohol. Excuse me. We're talking about alcohol. We're talking about drugs. We're talking about any type of chemical. But in the spiritual realm, in spiritual things, for 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 the human being spiritually, what is something that can inebriate someone? And see, this is what this is what I think <laughs> I think is one of the big discussions about this, that Paul is admonishing the child of God to live sober, to be free from these spiritual contaminants that will inebriate you, that will mess up your judgment, that will make dull your understanding, mm-hmm. that will draw you into all kinds of, of inordinate behavior. And one of the things like that you you mentioned 
if you go over the last couple of years, uh, you've seen this tremendous inebriating of the culture around politics. Yes. You've seen them inebriated with uh, social oh, personalities mm-hmm. big time and, and inebriated with offense and really, really drunk on it. You know what I'm saying? To the point where people are not even rational. They're not even thinking through actual events or <laughs> arguments that are going on in the world. You're absolutely right. And and it's it's gone crazy. And so Paul says, look, let's come back from the brink. Because he says, he says this, and I wanna I wanna bring this up before I, I um we, we keep going and I lose this thought. Sure. But he talks about how when he starts out, he says, For the times and the seasons in verse one, brethren. Ye have no need that I write this unto you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now, every every time I've heard anybody say anything about the day of the Lord, say, well, you know, he's coming like a thief in the night. You know, and the old saints <laughs> used to say it to us that way, and they would try to scare us into salvation. And it's true, he's coming like a thief in the night, but he's not coming like a thief in the night for everybody. Correct. You Correct. see, for the world that doesn't know him, it will be a thief in the night. Right. For the world that isn't looking for him, it will be a thief in the night. For the world who does not consider him nor hold him in their thinking and in their their dealings, it will be as a thief in the night. But he says to us, no, no, for you, he says in verse 4, but you, brethren, are not in the darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. So in other words... This whole being a thief in the night thing is not for the child that's walking in the light. Right. It's not for the child of God who's walking in the light of the day. It's not for the child of God who's living in the revelation truth of, of his Savior. It's not for the child who's walking in the light of the word. We're going to know. And see, this comes as a revelation, I think, to a lot of people because they think they're never going to know. No, we're going to know when our Savior is approaching. We're going to know we're not it's not going to take us by surprise. It's not going to overwhelm us to the point that we just didn't know. This speaks to the fact that the Apostle Paul is admonishing the child of God to walk in, a, in the light so that you will be aware of the day of the Lord. Yes. You will know it. Yes. You will actually be you will be in the know about it. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, that blesses me. But you're not going to be in the know about it if you're not sober, right? right? And so it goes back to this sobriety. It goes back to getting out of my life in these times all of these things that can spiritually inebriate Mm -hmm. me to where I'm stumbling around in the flesh like a drunk person reacting to this and mad at that and upset about this and offended about that and getting on on my heart horse about that and getting on my soapbox about this. And you're all over the place and you cannot hear the voice of your father and you can't hear the voice of your shepherd because you're not sober. Right. Right. And he tells us how to do it. Right. Because he goes on to say that for those of us who are of the day that we are to be sober, but we put on that breastplate of faith Mm -hmm. and love. Yes. Right. And, and we have hope, right? Mm. And, and Paul, he reiterated that again in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, right? Where he tells us that the greatest of these is love, but we're supposed to have all of those working in us. And it's it's faith in, in God. Yeah. It's faith in, like I said, the assurance of hope that we have. But then it's also love for each other, but it's love for God as well, right? That I have a clarity of, of where my allegiance really resides in my life. That yes. he, he is everything, and so yes. ev- everything has to bow to 
whatever standard that he has set in the word of, in, in, in his word uh, and whatever I have seen and know of, of Jesus Christ by revelation of this word, right? Mm. Because he gave me a blueprint for how this should be walked out as a man on this, on this planet. Yes. So we have to, we have to take heed to that. And then just having that hope of salvation that I am going to leave this place. This is a temporary dwelling for me. Yes. And I am on my way to something far greater, far greater. And, and I think that grounds us in being able to stand yeah. because like I said, so much of what, so much of what we deal with in life is the small foxes. It yeah. is the small foxes. It's, oh, yeah. it's the little, it's the daily pinpricks, just like C.S. Lewis talks about. It's, it's those things that can constantly get us to a place, like you said, where we're fearful, we're fretful, we're, we're resentful, we're yeah. hateful even. I mean, oh, we just don't even, so. we don't even like people. We're like, we're, we need so. another plague because I'm ready for some of these people to go. Without you know? natural affection. Without any natural affection. Yeah. But those things come, I think, almost they move us without our knowing sometimes. You know, you don't stay, you know, get up deliberately and say, you know what, I'm going to be hateful today. Yeah. Some people <laughs> do. But for the most part, sometimes <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's an adoption of, of a certain mindset, a certain yeah. defensive mechanism sometimes to things instead of really having rest in what we know that God has already provided for us yeah. and entering into that rest. And, you know, that's the move. I'm telling you, hallelujah. That's the move of this last days in the church is we're going to come to the place of sufficiency in Christ. Yes that we're going to see just how fully sufficient we are in him alone, that his sufficiency is going to be on full display. Mm -hmm. His sufficiency is going to be proven in our lives. His sufficiency is going to be proven out in our every, because the Bible does not say to us that this world's going to get better. No. You know, and people that think you're being negative and think you're, no, 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 nobody's being negative. (laughs) We're being biblical. It's not going to get better in the world. There is gross darkness that is constantly enveloping of the world, and the world is constantly walking about in deeper and deeper darkness. So that's going to take place, but in contrast to that, juxtaposed to that darkness, what the child of God is going to see that will believe, that will put on this, the faith, hope, and love, they're going to see the sufficiency of Christ in the midst of the darkness, right? That that our Lord and Savior and all that we have in him comes to bear in full manifestation for us as we exist in this world as it is. Right. Because so much of the time, there, there's, there's been a lot of temptation. There's been a lot of uh, testing and where people are, have fallen away from the faith. People have withdrawn from the faith, no longer go to church, don't consider myself a Christian anymore. So from its own because of Satan's uh, attempt at questioning the sufficiency of Christ. Sure. Right? And poking holes, so to speak, trying to poke holes in the gospel, trying to poke holes in who Jesus is and his sufficiency. But what we're going to find in these last days for those of us who put on the armor of God and we walk in faith and in hope and in love is we're going to see that sufficiency on full display. Is going to be a demonstration of just how complete we are in him. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And I believe that with all of my heart. But let me let me go back to this text here. Um, in verse 8, it says, But let us who are of the day, just to reiterate something you said, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, 
the hope of salvation. One of the things that is a protection of the mind for all of the fiery darts that the enemy throws at it in these times of deception and de- deceit and offense and strife and anger and all this stuff is hope. Amen. The hope of the expectation of the fullness of our salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't hear it preached a lot anymore. You don't hear people talking about Jesus returning. You don't hear people talking about it much. But yet in this very same epistle um, that Paul is writing here, he writes to them and he talks to them about the fact that the Lord himself, when he talks about in in chapter four, just a chapter ahead of of this one, uh, the Lord himself in verse 16 shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel angel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Look at what he says here in verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Mm -hmm. Comfort one another with this hope. Comfort one another with this expectation. Comfort. I'm telling you, there is nothing more uncomfortable than losing your hope. (laughs) <laughs> there is nothing there is nothing more challenging for a person than to be hopeless when they've 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 lost their expectation they've lost their sight they've lost their vision they've lost their view to a better day a better time a future right right and so here the apostle paul calls the believer in dealing with all this end time stuff in dealing with all this second coming in the day of the lord he calls the believer to this hope because he knows that in the midst of all of the signs and symptoms of this time, the believer is going to be tempted to be blinded to his hope. Right. You're going to be tempted to close your eyes and forget, wait a minute, just like you said a minute ago, wait, whoa, 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 this ain't, this ain't permanent. No. <laughs> this whole thing here is temporary. And I got to get back to wearing this present world like a loose garment. Amen. Right. And not being so custom fitted with everything going on, because all that customization does is make you fit to be tired about every little thing. Weighs you down. Yes, it you does. You can't sit in heavenly places with Christ when you weighed down here. No, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> and you and you cannot walk in sobriety because it's going to lead to a tremendous amount of inebriation and you're going to lose your sense of judgment, discernment. You can't, you, you, you won't be able to know what direction to take, what's true north anymore, because here you're all wrapped up in this darkness. And he said, you're not a child of the dark. Right. You're not supposed to be wrapping yourself in the culture's narrative. You're not supposed to be wrapping yourself in what's going on in the media and in the news and in politics and in law and in all of this stuff. You're not supposed to wrap yourself in those things. Right. You're supposed to, be, supposed to be a child of the light. Now, you're going to have to engage with them because you live here. You're going to have to deal with it because you are here. But it's that critical tension as the child of God of being in and not of. Hmm. And isn't that the story of Christianity throughout time immemorial? Absolutely. Being in this place, but not of it. And that's really the daily, that's the daily work, right? That's the of daily trying work. trying to separate myself and say i'm in this but i am yes. not of this <laughs> so i'm gonna have to let this go that's the you know? daily work because you can get you can get bogged down we all do i mean it's so easy it's so very easy and so it could be said that the christian lives between two words in and of yes 
Absolutely. when it comes to this world system. No doubt. And it comes to living here. We live between those two words. And the tension between those two words makes all the difference in our Christian walk yeah. and our Christian that faith. That contradiction is what yeah. really just ugh, presses against us, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I just want it to be the way that I the, the word says it should be. And then here comes contradiction. It's like, jeez <laughs> yeah. Louise, you know? <laughs> but that's the whole point of faith, right? You know, it's that you're walking by faith and not by sight that this contradiction comes. And it's coming. It's going to always, coming. it's going to always, always be there. Always. You can be the holiest saint of God. You can be the strongest believer. Yes, you sir. can have your, you can have your scriptures on speed dial you can, <laughs> <laughs> on your favorites. You can have stuff plastered up all over the wall and that's wonderful and you should. Mm-hmm. But the contradiction isn't stopped because you believe. No. Right. that's the whole point, right? The trying of your faith is working that consistency, that patience in you, that you stay consistent in what you believe because you're always going to be faced with that contradiction from the world system. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. And if you can't tolerate that, if you can't endure that contradiction, then the faith walk is going to always be a struggle. Why? Because you have to become comfortable with dealing with contradiction. That is the heritage of people of faith. That's yeah. what you see in Hebrews 11. Absolutely. Right? You see these people living in constant contradictions, <laughs> constant contrast to the culture and the times and the moment, constant contradiction in their life circumstances and situations. But they're in that hall of fame of faith in Hebrews 11 because they were able to stand in the midst of that contradiction. And that is what I believe the Apostle Paul is calling us to in this verse of Scripture in First Thessalonians 5. He's saying, look, you're to be in contradiction with the darkness. You're to be in contradiction with the night because you're a child of the light. You're a child of the day. And you've got to live in that sobriety and not partake of the drunkenness of the times. Not get so spiritually, you just waste it, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> where you, you're out here and you're, you're involved in so much stuff. The works of the flesh, this hyper-sexualized society we're in where everything is just sex, sexuality, gender, this, and it's all over the place. All over the place. And, it's, and it has that effect. It has the effect of inebriating people. You see people do the same thing, like I said, with politics to where their whole day, their whole day is talking about it and you're, they're stirred up over it and they're stirred <laughs> up over this and they're stirred up over that and they seem to never have any moment of sobriety about their life and about their walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, because ultimately that's what it's all about. But, you know, here's, here's the deal. And I heard um, Leroy Thompson say this, and I thought it was so true. And I'm paraphrasing because I'm probably not going to say it completely or as succinctly as he did. But um, just this idea that we have to, with, without walking in a level of, of faith and sobriety, right, to really know who we are in Christ Jesus, is, is akin to suicide in a, in a day and age like this. Mm. And this is why so many people are being picked off and taken out of the faith. People who have mm. been in the church yeah. can't stay in the church. People who have grown up singing, sitting on the pews, have, and have a real relationship sure. with Christ have fallen away. But it, but it is because so much is coming against us in our physical senses, and it bombards us, and we get, we get very much... In, you know, involved and integrated into this life. And it's not to say that we shouldn't because we are here. So things that happen here impact us, no doubt yeah. about it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. But, but there is, there, there is a, a line that we have to draw mm-hmm. where everything has to bow its knee 
to, to, to Jesus. Everything, yes. everything has to come up under his rule and his reign. Yes. And sometimes we have a hard time subjugating some of those things to him, right? Yeah. Because we have a certain way culturally that we've been brought up mm-hmm. or just the way that we've come to think and come to perceive about the world that competes with this reality of who he is. And I think that's why the, the word of God constantly is telling us to enter into his rest, mm, right? Th- that yeah. we have to, we have to cease from striving, cease from always trying to fight. Cause that's not, that's not really even what I have to do. I don't always have to be on the offensive. Some, I just have to receive yeah. and I have to be okay with saying, I'm just going to, I'm yeah. going to let God's word stand yes. and I'm going to just believe it. And yeah, I know. That everything about me and everything around me looks like a contradiction. <laughs> I get that, right? And that's the hardest thing to do to be able to say, I get that, that there's a contradiction, but but yet I'm still going to mm. at at thy word. Yeah. Right? Just like Peter. Yes. Like, yeah, I mean, there's a contradiction out here on this on this lake. I mean, yeah. we've been out here all day and we ain't caught nothing. <laughs> but right. here here comes Jesus telling me to well, throw Watch throw your net. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead and do it again. Well, complete contradiction. But I have to make a decision as to what, whose word am I going to believe? Mm-hmm. What word am I going to believe? Because I'm going to believe a word. You're way. going to believe. I'm believing a word either a word. way. Absolutely. Yes, you are. You're going to believe something. And that is, that, oh my God, that is so good. That is something that has to be realized. You're going to believe. Absolutely. You're believing you're something. You're believing something. You're believing something all the time. And you really only can choose where you're putting your faith. Because you're believing something. Mm. And, and you're so right. You're, you're so absolutely right. And this is, the, this is the calling, though. This is the call for the child of God in this hour. This is the call that Jesus is making out to his children. This is the call the Holy Spirit is making within the hearts of his children that have an ear to hear him. And he's calling us to embrace that contradiction. Uh, it's not separation. It's not, it's not being exclusive. It's no. not trying to be, it's not being secluded it's not quote unquote living off the grid. <laughs> you know, you got people now. You got people now trying to live as far off the grid. But what it is is they're they're making a spiritual calling. Uh, they're trying to execute it in the flesh, right? And and they're not realizing. No, this is spiritual. It's the spiritual separation that the Father is calling you to. He's saying, stop giving your time completely over, your mind completely over to all of this stuff. To all those things. Yes, because it's robbing you of your sobriety. Mm -hmm. It's robbing you of your your judgment and your discernment. You can't see, you can't hear. And so he's calling you to embrace the contradiction that it's okay. It's okay to not know the latest song. It's okay to not (laughs) be, you know what I'm saying? It's okay to not be, because people honestly, and this is one of the things Satan has really worked on, People have a fear of missing out. Yes. It is it is a part of the addictive nature of social media. Absolutely. People have this fear of missing out. Matter of fact, they've they've uh, coined it. They have an acronym, FOMO. FOMO. Fear of missing out. Is that are you serious? They, I'm serious. I'm serious. The think tanks and people have gotten together and talked <laughs> and talked about this. You have FOMO. You have. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Yeah. <laughs> I want to give it back. <laughs> I don't want that. But this is the truth. I'm telling you, this is this is what people have been talking about. And it didn't just start. They've been talking about this now for a number of years because they've noticed that in this day and age, there is a palpable fear of missing out, that people can't seem to put things down, put things away. They have to stay open-minded to this and looking after that. And it just becomes an avenue through which the adversary 
can rob you of your sobriety yeah, and rob you of your discernment. And so you have to be able to put your foot down, child of God. You got to put your armor on, your faith, your hope, your love. Put that armor on and be willing to stand in the midst of the contradiction of the culture. And so I just want to read a couple more verses out of First Thessalonians 5. Uh, verse 9, he says, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. So there he goes again saying, comfort each other with this, because th- this is what you have to be reminded of. And I just want to say this, that, that so, so much is made, and you've talked about this on, when you were covering spiritual warfare, that so much is made of, you know, having to just go to, go to battle on your knees and you got to pray for hours. Sure. And that's wonderful because some people do have, that's their calling is intercession, right? That's, yes. that's what the Lord has placed them to do. But sometimes it's just, it's a simple decision, right? <laughs> just to turn the TV off. Yes, it is. Right? Oh, yes, it just is. To, just to not engage in that conversation. Like, I'm not going to do that today. I don't yeah. want to go there today. I'm, I'm going to keep my mind stayed on whatever it is that the Lord gave me, whatever that word was, whatever his direction was. I'm just going to go with that. And don't take the bait. I'm not going to take the bait. And and we can find, we can find victory. We can find little, you know, gains of maturity every day by simply making those choices. And then you look up and, you know, six months from now, you're like, wow, things have radically changed for me and how I feel and what I believe and what I think in my dependence on the word of God, my reliance on it as the first source of authority. Yes. So, so those are things that we can do today that don't require us to feel like there's some type of religious requirement, right. For us to get there. I can just make a decision to say, no, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to put Instagram down, put Facebook down. Yeah. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, you got you got to close the gates. I'm going right? to close the gates. You got to close yes. the gates to the adversary. And, yes. and here's the thing, too, as a pastor and as a minister over the years, and I've watched, I've noticed, I've learned, I've grown in my own life it's, and observed it as well, is that if you're not wise to do the things you just said, even your prayer life will get contaminated with it. Amen. Yep. So you're praying out of fear yes, and panic sir. and not out of faith. Yes, sir. You might as well get up. You might as well get off your knees because you're not accomplishing anything. Get three hours of all that. No, I'm, <laughs> no. And, and, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I've seen it. I've seen it far too much. Yeah. And and it's, this isn't talked about enough. This isn't talked about enough because Satan gets into you. He gets access to your innermost counsel by you exposing yourself to all these things. Mm. And before you know it, people are engaging in quote unquote spiritual things from a carnal position. Right. They they're they're looking for something. It's almost like they turn to it as almost a therapeutic release rather than an exercise of faith in a relationship with a loving, living God, you know, and so they miss it. And so these things are very important. So what you just said is so vitally true. It cannot be stressed enough. That is the aspect of spiritual warfare. That's the aspect of living in as children of the light that you have to do on a daily basis. Because when you do that and you begin to do, as Paul said, sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, that means you put him in the, the highest seat. Amen. His word is preeminent in your life and in your thinking, in your mind. And all the other things come underneath that. All the other things are distant second, third, fourth, and fifth. When you're able to live that out and walk that out, what you discover 
is that all these other things are added unto you. And what you also discover is now you're in a place where you can live sober Mm -hmm. and you're free from all this stuff. And while the world is burning around you, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And there's darkness all around you. You're like the children of Israel in Goshen and there's light where you are because you're living in that contradiction that he calls us to. We thank you guys so much for joining us once again on this podcast. We pray that something has been said, something that has ministered to your spirit to edify you and encourage you to walk in the light as he is in the light, because you are a child of light. Hear me, child of God. You are a child of the day. The day of the Lord is not going to come as a thief in the night for you because you're going to live in the sobriety. You're going to live in the light. You're going to live in the love, the faith and the hope of your salvation. And you're going to walk as a child of the day. God bless you guys. We thank you all for joining us once again for one word. Please uh, make sure that you pay attention to the end of this podcast as it's going to give you some further information of how to connect with us. So until next time, God bless. Thank you for joining the podcast. If you were blessed and encouraged by what you heard, we invite you to share this message and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Be sure to visit ChristNations.com for all the latest messages and happenings with our ministry and engage with us on all our social media platforms on Facebook at CNCTXK and on YouTube at Christ Nations Church. We look forward to connecting with you. And remember, one word from God can change your life forever.